Sharp swords will handle art to spark souls And sark souls to cross roads and bandits are Catacombs and giant doors Protect the chest of swords and legendary items With the dragon bones and iron doors It's a grand theft of Elk Scrolls Simon's quest for Joe and Earl Rock shoes to F crew Keeps the exit game and news The police need some bad dudes To crash crew like Bandicoot All shit and game in English Control on shoes Control issues. Well, yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is control issues. I am the AMC, and this is a dub. And I said, bitch. You can find us at control-issues.com. That's control issues with a hyphen betwixt the words. You can also go to your podcast provider, look for it, subscribe to it. Rate it, review it, give it five stars, let us know how you feel. Head on down to twitch.tv slash control issues pod. That's where we put up gameplay videos every so often. So, you know, for your viewing pleasure. And you can also head on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. Let's get it. Get it, got it. Gone. Hey, Dub, what you been playing? Well, as I'm waiting for the hotness of 2020 to approach from a further horizon since you know we had the week of delays (laughs) (laughs) Uh, since i'm waiting for that i'm just you know digging and poking through the backlog i tried to fire up mass effect andromeda but it was doing some weird stuff with my save file so i was like you know what i'm not gonna fire up mass effect andromeda uh I played a few rifts in Diablo season 19. I'm a few levels within striking distance of my my offline accounts Paragon level. So one thing I want to do is at least get my season Paragon level above my accounts Paragon level. I also need to find just a couple more ancients, do a few more ancient augments to squeeze a little more power and defense out of my character so i could bump it up to torment 15 where if i complete a greater rift level 70 solo i can then unlock the primal ancients which drop with max stat rolls so excited for that but i think i kind of settled on the one two combination of going back and forth between crypt of the necro dancer And Spelunky. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'll start with Spelunky because that was the shorter and less impactful experience of the two. However, I feel as if I'm starting to get into the wavelength of what Spelunky is and how to properly enjoy it. So, you know, I'm just playing the game. It's it's quirky and it's got great performance. But now that I'm understanding the mechanics, how to progress through the levels... And like things to pay attention to, things to be aware of, things that I'm capable of, things that I really shouldn't be doing, like falling from too great of a height or not paying attention to my surroundings and finding myself, you know, on the business end of a trap block shooting arrows at your boy. It's becoming a much more enjoyable experience. I'm also getting more adept at finding secrets and things like that. So I'll be dibbling and dabbling with a little Spelunky from time to time. However... 
Crypt of the Necro Dancer is rapidly winning my heart. As the first time I played the game was a while ago. This is my second revisit. I seem to have a kind of a comeback mentality when it comes to these smaller games like this. Uh, the same thing happened with Hollow Knight that I played for about the half an hour. And then I came back and it became one of my favorite games of all time. Crypt of the Necrodancer, I played it a handful of times. I got to a particularly tough enemy and that like kind of threw me off of it. I was like, oh, this is what we're doing. <laughs> but now I started playing the game again and decided to, you know, give it that good college try. And I got to say that I'm thoroughly enjoying it. It At first, it can be a little disorienting and off-putting to have to move to the beat of the music, which is something that only rhythm games usually task you with doing. However, what it does is it keeps you at a steady pace of movement and decision making. And as you're playing the game, you begin to identify the enemies, what their movement patterns are, according to the music, what the timing is, and you figure out where you can line yourself up with the enemy, sneak attacks in, and you know, keep your coin multiplier going, which is what happens when you're you're staying on beat. If you miss a beat, which you can easily do because you can just stand there and let the enemies move so you can sneak an attack in and then, you know, get away. Um, you can lose that coin multiplier. But once you start getting comfortable with the game, like you see the enemies and you immediately determine the solution to the room, how you're going to move about, how you're going to attack them, where, what not to step on. I mean, there's all kinds of traps and little things that affect your movement, like blocks that'll send you back one, like it'll immediately jump you over one space. So if you jump on that and there's an enemy next to that space, it'll like send you in that direction. There are blocks that change the tempo of the music. So suddenly you're going like a doom, 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 doom. And then it's like, doom, doom. <laughs> I got the down tempo. I haven't seen an up tempo button, but the down tempo buttons. Interesting. You're also, you also have a shop on every level. As you're killing these enemies, you're getting gold. You also have a shovel, which allows you to, you know, dig around in the level, find secret rooms, bridge pathways between other rooms, depending on what shovel you have. But um, you're you have the shops, you get your gold, you go there, you buy your upgrades, you can get weapons that modify your ability to attack. You start with a dagger and no armor. The dagger, you can only attack adjacent squares. You know, eventually you get the long sword, which has the wide attack. You can attack diagonal squares. It lets you put yourself at least one block away from the enemies. Then you get the whip. The whip can go diagonal, but two squares? Oh, man, it's nuts. Uh, you're Like I said, you're getting your gold. You're buying your items. It's a roguelike, roguelite. If you master the mechanics of the game, you can definitely progress through it and do what you need to do without getting any of the upgrades. Like You could do your speed run. You could do your no-hit run. But if you, if you get this stuff, like it just makes the game easier and allows you more flexibility in order to play it the way you want. Uh, as you're digging and moving through levels, you also find diamonds. So that's the currency that you t that carries over with you after a death to the lobby. And you go to the lobby shop where you can spend your diamonds to add things 
to the dungeon so that they appear in the boxes so that they appear in the shop for you to use increase your ability to play the game but then there's also a function that i think more games should implement where they have a janitor and the janitor allows you to spend diamonds to take things out of the item pool so say you found the first sword and it does like two points of damage with the wide attack and then you find the gold sword which does three points of damage with the wide attack you can go to the janitor and you can pull out the weaker sword so that whenever the sword spawns it's just the gold sword so i think that's a pretty cool idea it helps you like as you're doing better you can reap the benefit you can reap the rewards of your hard work by getting access to stronger items at earlier points in the game between deaths and respawns. So overall, Crypto the Necro Dancer is quickly winning my heart. One little note that I didn't mention is that as you're putting on the different armors and getting the different weapons, of course, the visual representation on your character changes, huge plus very excited i'm i'm starting to get it and understand it so i'm going to be putting a lot more time into that i'll probably put up some videos on twitch.tv slash control issues pod hopefully people check that out amc what have you been playing oh i have <clears throat> i have been playing that octopath tra- that project octopath traveler uh putting a little work on Catherine before that um just ran through so like the previous weeks, Marissa and I had sat down, played a little bit of Catherine. We got to one stage where the puzzles were just pretty tough. They, they're introducing a new mechanic and really getting you to um, play with moving blocks and getting other blocks to fall. So you're not only thinking about what's right in front of you, but you're setting it up so that the path can fall in your favor. And so with that, we got stuck on one stage and we hadn't played it for about two weeks. And the other night I just like had an urge to sit down and play the game and I literally blew through it in one try. Damn. So, so it shows like sometimes it's literally like get a night's rest, come back with a new frame of mind, get out all that bullshit that you had stored up in your brain that you let in with the first time you attack that challenge, come back new, and sometimes you just get right through. And so, yeah, uh, beat that part, then took a break because all I've been playing is Octopath Traveler beyond that point. Uh, yeah, so at this point in the game, I have met the f- the eighth and the final Traveler in the, uh, the order I decided to travel. And... Um, so with that, once I complete uh, her first chapter, then I'm going to actually just branch out into the world. And it, it was nice getting her because at this point, I had had only one um, major healer uh, of the of the seven that I'd been playing with up to that point. And so that 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 dude, he was a doctor. He was getting the most run and. This is the type of game where you have to have characters at a certain level if you want to, I guess, be able to play through their their chapters without it being too difficult. And so you have to give each person their due. And with that, the the doctor is getting the most playtime, so his level is just much higher than everybody else's. So I really wanted to swap him out, and I had been, but I felt like I was encountering some uh, enemies at a disadvantage just because they get off the huge attack and then i'm relying on potions which means i need to spend more money which means money that i'm not spending on weapons and all that good stuff so now um i met this final character she's a cleric right when i saw that i knew it was on Mm. he comes in with that holy damage Mm. and that healing Mm. um so got my second support person uh so i'm working with her right now the the problem is um well not a problem a thing with this game is every time you meet a character they start out at 
level one so you have to grind them up or work them up but what is nice is that you'll run into a certain section and they'll warn you as you head into certain areas like the enemies in this area are going to be level 11 they're going to be level 20 and so you have a level one character immediately going into a level 11 area which means you basically don't want to get you know you don't want to get that person focused on when it comes to attacks but what's good in that game is that um with the uh the vulnerability system if you can take advantage of it you can end some battles without the enemy even getting off a shot and so you do that the character is so low that they go up like three levels like you were just starting out with a new character in diablo um and so yeah uh took her out into the world played her first couple of sections immediately found that chemistry with uh, a a different team that i had placed around her and um yeah and then uh spent a lot of time this week it was actually kind of funny i was uh i got like a cold and the last time i had a gaming cold where it's just like oh i got i got sick and all i get to do is play video games mm. oh, i was about to be on last time i had that That's was the with, best. <laughs> yeah no, it was a uh, doom 2016 and so yeah uh just curb stomping demons oh yeah just <laughs> wiping your nose <laughs> yeah, wiping, wiping my nose while wiping the flesh off of my body that's the doom slayer <laughs> yeah um so yeah with the uh, octopath traveler i was sick on tuesday because we had that mok day and uh sick on tuesday and so i just stayed home and played uh octopath traveler all day and it was a shit because at this point now um every time i meet a character if you go back into their hub world it opens up all those side quests and now that i have all the characters i pretty much have all my um like i guess world abilities or the npc interaction abilities at my disposal to then help solve some of the side quests and a thing that was um that I, f- I figured out finally so the first character i got he's a knight his his ability is to challenge people which means you challenge them to a fight and uh so just going out picking fights yeah like what's up homie and then like they'll let me know their strength and then when they fight it's always a um it's always a consensual fight which is interesting it's never like a, oh man i don't want to fight you and it's like well too too bad <laughs> um so which is cool it's like it's like a, a fun duel and up until now i didn't really understand what the fights were for i was like i guess it's to get experience but it's only for this character and i could go out into the world and get experience why would i even want to go around challenging these uh, innocent bystanders power leveling yeah but then what i realized is that uh some of those people that you challenge uh, after you so not all of them when you challenge them they get knocked over and they're no longer in the position that they were in and i realized that some were blocking off like paths or doorways and things <laughs> along those lines so i was like oh okay so i gotta beat them up in order to get by them or there was like one pretty cool side quest where there was a a guard and he was like i went and talked to him and he was drunk and he was like talking that shit he was like oh i should be i should be out here bouncing for this club it was, a, it was actually a theater i should be out here bouncing for this theater this burlesque show but nah i'd rather just be drinking so i'm gonna do this go inside the burlesque show talk to the owner of the burlesque show and he says man i wish somebody could slap that bounce around he used to be like a really good fighter but lately he's been like he's been just looking to the bottle to handle all his issues and he's he's lost his way so i go out there i challenge him 
have a have a long battle because he's actually pretty tough. He mm-hmm. was. They said he was a great swordsman at one point. No, nope. a bouncer with a sword. Yeah. Wow. Beat his ass. Whoop that ass. Whoop that ass. <laughs> and then, uh, and then a whole cutscene comes out in in only that retro style, and the owner comes out and he's like. I appreciate it. He seems to uh, like has changed his ways. And then like, he's like, yeah, like I completely forgot who I was or what I was about once I became a bouncer. But I do realize that, um, I really need to polish on my skills. If you could come along and beat my ass, <laughs> mm. Pal, you do all them push ups, pump, <laughs> pump up, up your chest. chest. <laughs> I got a massive moon to pump up your chest. Yeah. So cut up your chest. <laughs> to cut up your chest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, so there's like little things like that where I'm realizing like I can solve issues out in the world um, by fighting people, and not only just to move them out of the way, but also to I guess help storylines. Like there was there's actually another one where there was a girl getting harassed by a dude, and then I had to step in and put foot to ass, and then I helped her. <laughs> I got I think I got like a I got a an evasive nut, which means my. <laughs> <laughs> So and then, and, then, and then, is that is, is that the colloquial term for the pullout method? Like what is it? Just in and out. Yeah. Uh, oh. uh, gone. The shadow's still there. Is, is that the new tutor and booty? The evasive nut. So in Octopath Traveler, you get nuts, and the nuts, the nuts will add to your to your stats. So it's like evasive nut, which means I have better evasive ability when it comes nice. to avoiding attacks yes and the, the power nut i think there's a magic <laughs> nut the deep nut yeah <laughs> the gorilla nut the gorilla <laughs> nut <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, pull, I'll, I'll pull it together I'll, okay yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> so yeah uh with that i learned that that uh character has has some has some good abilities that are used for good purposes out in the world not just whooping on that ass All um right. yes so yeah uh with that yeah so the side quests are amazing in that game as well as the main mission so i also spent pretty much an entire day just going back to every city that i had passed up that i had uh, found other characters at going back and doing all the side quests there which is just really fun so this game not only has good characters good mainline stories it has side quests to boot that are fun to solve and then see how it helps out characters along along the path so yeah this game is just the full package. I mean, I, my question will be as I progress throughout the game, um, as the story develops, how it's going to be to not really have a main villain, to not have like that Kefka out there um, from like Final Fantasy. But this is not Final Fantasy. This is Octopath Traveler. So mm-hmm. with that, like the stories are told, like the stories are rich, very developed. The characters have their arcs. So with that, like just letting that go and enjoying this game for what it is like i'm realizing how much i absolutely love this game and it's like once again it's i i don't know i've been saying this about every game i play between zelda persona 5 and just just because it's all been curated to my taste but once again another game that is going to be an all-time great so shout out again adel for that purchase hey you deserve it pal so let's get into the topic of the week top topic of the week so this is a rough one these um man this is this week news wise has just been 
extremely slow i mean we got some more delay stuff we got leaks uh i think we're gonna pass on some of the rumors unless you want to discuss them so let's let's continue where we left off last week we had a uh, one more delay before we dropped our episode that we didn't get to because it happened on the day of the drop yes this being dying light 2 this would be a quick one uh this yeah. game has been delayed indefinitely Initially planned for spring 2020, they, um, I guess uh, the developers released a statement basically saying that there's more that they want to work on with the game and they'll come back with uh, with more updates as the game progresses. So not even a, a date delay. This is a, we'll, we'll get back to you and let you know as we figure things out. Well, I imagine the unexpected success of the first Dying Light, as well as their outstanding post-launch support, which went on, you know, all the way through 2019. I imagine that they they probably realize that this is something that they can't just put out or like this isn't it's not risky anymore. It's something that we have to put the time and the care into in order to, you know, Number one, do the fans right. Number two, move the franchise forward. And number three, make a good game overall that's going to endure the scrutiny of the reviewers as well as the the nitpicky little brats on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's a tall order. Making games in this modern era with social media and trolls, <laughs> it's, just, it's, a, it's a whole different climate. Like... Dying Light is an unexpectedly cool and fun game to romp through, you know, and one of these days I'm going to go back to it. So, you know, take all the time you need. Maybe it, conspiracy theory, rumor time. It might even be some kind of thing where they're trying to put in next gen console support or maybe to take advantage of the big like Russian fervor around the new consoles once they come out later this year you know situate dying light 2 in a position where it could also be something that's grabbed along with a new console yeah i mean i yeah my conspiracy theory that i was just thinking about but not necessarily holding on to was that the idea of like when the playstation 4 dropped i remember that first year the games of the years were uh third-party games that those being was it uh dragon age inquisition Dang and shadows of mordor yeah and so those are like the big two games and the way it's looking right now i mean we haven't heard too much about the launch titles other than godfall with um playstation 5 and then with xbox I, they're gonna have halo infinite but they they had their their news their announcement that um their exclusives are going to be cross-gen for the for the time being so yeah that idea that oh like yeah like what you're saying we can capitalize on this possibility this this possible vacuum and have our third-party game actually do well on a next-gen console at launch so yeah why not come out like guns a blazing and have basically have your all your t's crossed and all your eyes dotted mm-hmm take all the time you need let let the game be good and make the best first impression possible and then uh let's get into uh so housemark uh you know they make great games as resogun um was superstar dust on there yes it was yes um, matterfall yeah matterfall so they they're celebrating their 25th anniversary congratulations and, mm -hmm. and in a blog post they also uh 
announced a new game not they didn't give us the name but so here's the blog post itself there we go (laughs) so now we are focused on delivering our most ambitious and biggest game to date putting every other project on hold including the development of storm divers it is great that the whole company can come together to deliver this game which we will which will define the next evolution of housemark we are very humbled to have amazing support from our blah, 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 blah. All right. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like to thank my mama and God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Helping us story. reach this milestone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I guess the interesting thing there is um, saying we have, one, we have a new game, and also that it's going to take away from our focus on Stormdivers for the moment. Uh, that was a game that, uh, I guess, interesting um, being that it was... <sighs> So we had the we had the category and the trolleys about uh, there's not enough room for another game in this genre. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this was uh, Storm Divers is going to be a battle royale game. And when it was first announced, people were saying, oh, "Why is House Marvel? Are they just going to try to capitalize on this on this popular genre? <laughs> put out a put out a game?" Now, as you may or may not know, House Mark ran into some trouble. Their games weren't exactly selling the way. That was necessary in order for them to continue along making the kind of, you know, games that they've been known for. The Super Stardust, the Alien Nation, the Dead Nation, all those games that the people who play them absolutely love them. However, not enough people are playing them. So, you know, it's that's the dark side of gaming where it's like we're making something that people enjoy. However, not enough people enjoy it and we probably won't be able to continue along this path. Their solution to these approaching problems was going to be storm divers which as you said battle royale it's their take on the genre a lot of people were upset by this move hopefully they understand why housemark made such a decision but it looks like whatever i like i talked to you on the pre-show and it just seems like maybe somebody stormed into the boardroom was like i, I figured it out it's crazy as <laughs> i <hair>. got it <laughs> i have the idea that's gonna save us <laughs> stop everything <laughs> and let's get on this like i had a dream i just started jotting shit down in the middle of the night didn't go to sleep took some adderall <laughs> we're gonna put superstar dust together with dead nation with alienation with Matterfall. with resident <laughs> like what if, yeah like what if they made just a hybrid of every game they've ever made it is just this solar system spanning alien zombie particle effect is <laughs> Voxel dream craziness. <laughs> Voxel. Uh, yeah, I mean, one that's that's great because it seems like whatever that new game is seems to speak more to more to them that they would that they want to use going forward with their identity, how they want to be seen, and yeah, maybe they felt like all right, Storm Divers is a game that it's gonna we're gonna keep working on it and it will be there eventually but we don't have to lead with this game immediately this doesn't have to be our total focus and so yeah that it actually gets me excited to see then what that game is because not it's not often you see that where we're like hey we got some new shit for y'all and so everything we had talked about hold off because we got something else coming right away um it gets you a little excited to see like what that means and i guess what that's going to mean for housemark moving forward as as the face of the, that company mm-hmm. so yeah i mean um i think that's a cool like a uh, way to throw in i guess a celebration of your 20 f- 25 years of excellence 25 fucking years yeah <laughs> 
Um, okay, uh, next topic. Let's get into Ninja Theory. So, uh, the makers of Hellblade, uh, they put out a dev diary or the Dreadnought Diaries. I love one. dev diaries. Yeah. Um, and what was pretty cool here is that they talked about an initiative that they have going on with, uh, I think it's the Insight Pro Project, where they're focusing on mental health and how it it i guess this being a focus because it is worked into their games there had been i guess some discussion with hellblade and how the voices in her head um also um an example of her i guess mental health issues that drive you forward in the game mm-hmm. um they also announced that they're going to have a new game that which also deals with mental health issues and that being mara so according to ninja theory mara is a game where there's just one character which is mara and there's just one game world so everything else that's happening it's all it's all in her head so yeah they partnered with insight and they're doing all this research about mental health they're trying to use games as a means to not only convey the importance and significance of mental health issues but to also come up with ways to use games as like mental health therapy for positive yeah for change for impact Mm -hmm. so yeah fully support it i also greatly enjoy the the quality (laughs) it's cinematography of the dev diary itself (laughs) like they obviously practiced and rehearsed that quite a bit they took it very seriously and yeah they deserve applause for that very excellent production quality yeah i mean um i I never played a hellblade and neither have i but but, the combat system looked great yeah um but yeah as far as like yeah games for impact um playing celeste right now it's a it's a game that um it it seems it hits close to home and also like even like as we're playing it like marissa's taking notes as certain things happen like within the conversation of the character with herself or with other characters because they are all things that you can take away and actually apply to your life and i think that's something that can be done without like feeling too heavy-handed where it's also it's like oh like shit like games have come a long way where they're actually dealing with real world stuff and not just slay the dragon and and be the man or throw the 500 hit combo and then be the man (laughs) yeah like the stories and the dialogue aren't afterthoughts yeah exactly they're carefully considered they're bringing in people who understand the issues and the circumstances that are being taken on and providing input in order for those to play out in a manner that's you know sets an example rather than being a caricature or just some poorly done poorly executed scene yeah and with story and then also working in with gameplay mechanics like there's a part in celeste where literally the button prompt is you getting through a panic attack and with uh yeah with mara like the vo- the the voices coming at you they say work into the gameplay there and obviously with hellblade the voices in her head um help like uh, dictate like or at least um notify you if there's an enemy coming from certain directions things along those lines. yeah and so um i don't know like working that into gameplay mechanics and in story i think that's an awesome way to focus on doing good within i guess the industry because as you know, people like to look at game developers and assume that their only their bottom line is the bottom line, which is making that money. Um, so yeah, um, it's a it's another way to connect with your community and also um, establish a, a, a more positive face for the industry. Let's move into the last topic of the week. 
top topic of the week last one <laughs> we got godfall news a dub or godfall <laughs> leak news A-Dub. godfall leak <laughs> what you got the god has fallen uh yeah apparently there was a leak of a gameplay driven godfall trailer we hear a control issues decided to take a look at it amc how do you feel um i mean i I wasn't impressed, but I need to see more. It was just a, a straight-up trailer. Um, I believe some sites are confirming it, but, I mean, who knows? Uh, I still think it's, like, one of those things, like, as we were discussing, like, I, I quickly just made a joke where I was, like, next-gen, because, like, it, always, it didn't look... <laughs> it looked a little shaky. Yeah, that frame rate was <laughs> rather choppy. So, it, 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 it did not mirror what we saw in the, the that little gif that was released. Yeah, and so I think it's one of those things that you don't really take it too seriously because obviously it's early footage, like alpha pre alpha, alpha, alpha footage. And so with that, I mean, it's, you can only see like, all right, there's some interesting stuff going on here. Like it, um, quickly, like, I guess just gave me feelings of like for honor and like that combat. But, um, it'll be interesting to see because we, we didn't really see any of the loot drops and all that stuff that comes into play. And the fact that it's not a game where you're playing against other people, it seemed like it's more of a um, PVE situation from what they described with a melee looter. Um, uh, <laughs> so, I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I think there's just more to see. So if anything, it's why you don't want to see a trailer leaked before it's approved by the devs themselves, because it doesn't really, it leaves, it leaves a lot to the imagination. I'll I mean, say. Didn't that happen with the Avengers project? I'm trying to remember what happened when that, that leak. There was like some off-screen footage, cell phone footage that somebody had that they snuck out of a convention, well, showing some yeah. gameplay. People were like, "Yep, see, it looks like trash." And then they released the original, the the actual footage in HD that fills your screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, it's kind of cool." Yeah, I mean, uh, with that one, I wasn't obviously. I took it the the i guess perspective that oh no this is kind of cool i enjoyed seeing that and that was shown to the public intentionally just not to the mass public it was just yeah. for the people in hall h at comic-con um whereas like this one is they haven't even sent this out like to like youtube or any yeah. any place for people to see so this is clearly something that was possibly being worked on as a trailer and got leaked out yeah it's probably a rough edit yeah yeah looking at it 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 definitely appeals to me. I did like what I was seeing uh, concerning the combat itself. It looks it looks like it moves in a similar fashion as Warframe, just without all the jumping and ninja flipping and dashing. Like it, like that, always facing the enemy but strafing left to right kind of thing. <laughs> like that kind of movement. As far as the combat itself, it looks it the movements are very like wide and look devastating but there's a it looks like there's a method to it like there's timing and windows that are involved won't really know until we get some info blowout but the trailer did give a sense of what the game is going to be like on a moment to moment level which i'm grateful for yeah looks interesting it's I went from not caring about the game to like, oh, okay, maybe there's something here. So I'll definitely be paying attention to what happens going forward. Nobody wants to play Godfall. Nobody cares about PS5. Give me my PC and my drivers and my mouse and 
my keyboard. Fuck loot. Fuck RNGesus. Troll of the week. 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 I just want to see it crash and burn. I don't like this, so you shouldn't have it either. So, in a light news cycle, we decided to go a little outside of the box to get these trolls. We just found a troll thread in general (laughs) and pulled a bunch of responses. So, someone made a thread asking the question of games you're glad failed miserably. First response, Metal Gear Solid 5, Fallout 76. (laughs) (laughs) So, in case you can't tell, by the thread title and the response. This guy's asking, what games are people glad didn't do well or weren't received well or got trashed or just weren't successful? And the next response goes, I'm basically just rooting against Stadia and maybe Epic Games, and that's about it. I don't want more options. I read the headlines. I don't want competition, which I also tell everybody drives the industry, which is why we shouldn't have exclusives. But then I don't buy a console if it doesn't have good exclusives. I'm a basic bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Next troll says, New Ghost Recon, Wolfenstein with the girls in it, Mafia, (laughs) Destiny 2. (laughs) Black Mafia. (laughs) Black Black Mafia. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I did not think about that. You got Wolfenstein with the girls and Black Mafia. Yeah, Black Mafia. <laughs> Damn. Next show says, still waiting for phone games to fail as a whole. Yeah. I don't want to have the option to play a game on my phone. Uh, I just want it all to go away. I don't want anything for free. And my phone is business only. <laughs> Freemium. I don't want Snake. I don't want Minesweeper. I don't want Apple Arcade. I don't want nothing. Can't tell me nothing. Any <laughs> next troll. Anything that requires online to play. I will reject this notion of games as a service until I am dead. So no more Call of Duty. The biggest the biggest game in the world, Call of Duty. No Call of Duty. No more Battlefield. <laughs> no more Battlefront. Yeah. No more no more fighting games. <laughs> Just local co-op. The only time you ever get to play against somebody is at Evo. No multiplayer tacked on to a single-player game. See, the thing about games as a service that I don't think a lot of gamers understand is that it isn't just these online-only or online-driven games. Games as a service is any game that's set up to provide an ongoing service to the consumer throughout the duration of its life cycle. So that includes games that just have DLC. Like any game with a season pass, any game with a post-launch DLC roadmap, games that you love are games as a service. So if you're against that notion, then you're against a lot more than just the destinies and, you know, the the whatever, <laughs> the anthems, like all the Fallout 76s. You're against more than that if you're throwing games as a service as a whole under a bus but i digress next troll says i want online games to fail 
Heck yeah, staying on that boat. <laughs> Anything that's online. Even yeah. though I, I, I use online for everything. Yeah. I watch my porn online. <laughs> I want online games to fail. <laughs> posted online. Yeah. <laughs> posted on our online message board. Facts, dude. Uh, God says, I'm actually glad Fallout 76 is generally regarded as a failure while the Outer Worlds did well. Maybe it'll teach Bethesda to step their game up and not rest on the goodwill that they had accrued from prior games. Goodwill. Accrued. Because <laughs> no, nobody had any complaints about their Bethesda games before yes. this. All of them <laughs> from the beginning <laughs> and throughout. Uh, next troll says, not a game, but Stadia. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people hate on Stadia. Hey, a lot of people don't like having options to uh, play their games on anything they want. They hate the idea of requiring online to play video games. Yeah. I get it. I get it, people. Yeah, you don't like always online things. <laughs> That you type on your always online phone or your always online laptop or your always online computer. People just people just don't like always online. I don't know. Get pissed off when they lose signal on their phone. Yeah. Why do I have three bars? I should yeah. have four bars. Where's that 4G at? Where's uh, my 5G? Uh, why are they throttling my data? <laughs> why are they charging me for data? Where's my unlimited plan? <laughs> and then motherfuckers want the unlimited plan. Like, So you want to be online unlimited. <laughs> But you don't like always online. <laughs> they hate always online. Get mad when their girl doesn't answer the phone. Yeah, I need you. I need you in arms length. <laughs> I need to know where you had it all time. She like that picture of my lunch <laughs> that you made <laughs> and wrote a heart on. <laughs> uh, next show says EA games. Uh, it's in the game, uh, <laughs> not in my house. <laughs> You are not ready. Yeah. Madden, fuck that shit. Next show says, the ones with woke trash in them. Mm, that SJ Dub. Not to be confused with weeb trash. Yeah, that progressive. That black that, people. That, that agenda. <laughs> the girls. Yeah. How dare they. That representation. Next show says, pretty much any game that is paid subscription that has what <laughs> sometimes these trolls the, the blithering and the nonsense just doesn't make sense pretty much any game that is paid subscription based that has failed i refuse to pay a subscription after paying for the game yeah. Yeah. i got hulu and netflix uh, i got disney plus yeah. i'm watching the mandalorian yeah. <laughs> I got I got car insurance. I got a phone bill. <laughs> I caught Geico. <laughs> Save fifteen percent on my subscription service. And like Chris Rock said, like or was it Chris Rock was like, you know, you pay for sure for insurance in case anything happens. But yeah. if anything doesn't happen, shouldn't I give my money back? <laughs> oh mercy. I got blue apron. I got Spotify. <laughs> I got Apple Music. I got Tidal. <laughs> Just because I love Jay-Z. want to support him and his wife because they out there being entrepreneurs doing things. Uh, next troll says, I'd rather every game do well. 
and then the troll after. Well, that's not a troll. <laughs> yeah, after so, that troll. <laughs> I don't label my notes. <laughs> guys, well, there's usually voices of reasons in these threads, and one guy says, I'd rather every game do well, which is what you should want as a gamer because if every game does well, that's better for you in the long run. Well, it's also just the idea of, like, you want games to get better. Yeah. <laughs> so you want every game to do well, indicating that, a game has stepped the genre up in some type of way and move things forward. Like you don't want more missteps along the path. Yeah. So one guy says, I'd rather every game do well. And to that, the next troll responds, that's bad for the consumer. If all the really shitty games do well, then there would be no reason for developers to produce high quality games, (laughs) which gets to the greater point is, What's your idea of a shitty game? Exactly. <laughs> like, if a game does well, obviously it's good, yeah. or it's doing more good than it's doing bad. You want that to succeed. Just because somebody wants every game to do well, I think people are overlooking the implied connotation of that, which is that if every game's doing well, then every game's doing something good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody wants a bad game to do well just so that every game does well. Like, just, ah, ah. Well, it's like the idea of, like, shitty game. It's like, there are people who can look at a game that's perfectly polished, has no issues, has a ton of content, plenty of characters, plenty of weapons to play with. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's a shitty game. <laughs> it has microtransactions. Yeah, it has microtransactions. So it's a uh, shitty it game. It has multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> shitty game. Uh, uh, it brings the whole game down. It has experience boosting. <laughs> shitty game. It has RPG mechanics. Shitty game. <laughs> she got on a sports bra. Shitty, shitty game. She's not a 10. Shitty, shitty game. game. All right. Next troll says, I'm not glad that any games fail. But I am glad that Stadia service is failing. Yeah. Maybe it'll at least set cloud gaming back at least 15 years before it's even considered as a replacement for traditional gaming. I'm going to unring that bell. (laughs) Well, I mean, if streaming games ever got to a point where it could replace traditional gaming, wouldn't you want that? (laughs) You're going to have less hardware. You're not going to have game cases all over the place maybe you're a collector maybe that's your thing but like why what is going on in this era of being (laughs) anti-progress i want everything to stay the same i don't want anything to change you see and and then it's these motherfuckers that become judges and litigators and become congressmen and senators and then they just sit on the gold and don't let any of the gold trickle down and they don't let any of the progress reach the people who need it they don't let they don't let the rules and the laws of the land adapt to the changing world they just sit around no don't do this wait why haven't you done this oh why did you do that you should have not done that uh they're not doing anything they need to do more oh they did more but it's all wrong yeah like they complain when a game is a a, a quote unquote one point five mm-hmm. when they call it like a sequel. Yeah. But then they get mad when they change it fundamentally. Yes. Bring it back to how it was. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it back to the roots. Yeah. Last troll says, I hate the thought of rooting for people to lose their jobs. But EA can burn in a dumpster fire. Yeah. Anything connected to EA. All those pension plans. 
<laughs> all those all those healthcare benefits, yeah. all those dental plans and vision plans. <laughs> <laughs> all that all that paid leave yeah <laughs> all those vacation days yeah. burn it burn it to the ground. burn it all all that artwork yeah. all those artists yeah. and creatives all that knowledge and expertise all those people that are making money to put their families through education all those tax dollars <laughs> <laughs> going back to public programs <laughs> burn it because for a period of time, they put loot boxes in games. <laughs> yeah. That brief moment in history. <laughs> that brief moment in history. When they tried to come up with an additional non-invasive means for people to, for themselves to get additional revenue so they can continue uh-huh. to make more higher quality games uh-huh. and, you know, hire more people yeah. <laughs> or give more jobs. Keep people working on games after they launch. <laughs> Maybe increase wages somewhere yeah. <laughs> down the line. <laughs> Burn it. But fuck it. Burn it down. Fuck it all. <laughs> because they made a bad Star Wars game. <laughs> that I wasn't going to buy anyway. That ended up being one of the best selling games of the decade. <laughs> that ended up getting overhauled and re reviewed. That game was a failure. Yeah. I'm glad that that game failed. That was one of the best selling games of the decade. <laughs> and that Mass Effect they made that was full of good ideas but had a bunch of glitches. <laughs> and the main character wasn't as cute as yeah. I'd like. Yeah. And then they made that Anthem game. <laughs> that mech game that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, moral of the story, it's not healthy <laughs> or constructive to root for or celebrate in the failure of anything. Because if you don't like it, maybe somebody else does. And people deserve to have things that they like as long as nobody's getting hurt. As long as nobody's being taken advantage of, as long as people always have the choice to either buy in or opt out, let the games be made. Let the industry take steps toward progress. Let them figure out how to take things that maybe, you know, they haven't quite gotten right yet and figure out how to nail it. Let them breathe. doesn't have multiplayer at launch why <laughs> they why? promise la- multiplayer at launch uh, they're assuaging the reviews by leaving off the shitty multiplayer that i want more than anything the only reason why i got last of us was for the multiplayer yeah multiplayer's tacked on <laughs> hey wait a minute why didn't they tack on multiplayer they're taking away the value from the game uh, it's <laughs> half a game the half i don't want but i need <laughs> All right. Okay. Back to serious time. <laughs> <laughs> so we got some questions. And let me ask you a question. Yeah, the news was so bad, but we had a good we had a good troll of the week, and let's finish it out strong with some questions. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Dub, what you been playing? <laughs> no, I'm messing with you. Yeah, who is your favorite villain from a video game, and why? Kafka Palazzo. Yes. 
because uh, as we've said many times while as we extol the greatness that is final fantasy six upon the listening masses kefka he was an amazing villain had an amazing backstory he just was amazing music unbelievable music that that infamous laugh that always signaled the coming of a raging typhoon and yeah he had a great backstory he was ever present he was always either just a step or two ahead of you or right on your heels like he was he was out in the world he had accomplishments he was winning so much throughout the duration of the dozens of hours keep 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 talking yes. not take it down amazing he just, he kept winning <laughs> <laughs> back to that point uh he's one of the only villains that i've ever seen in any media that achieved their master plan and left the main characters of the game to put together the pieces, reassemble their team and take on the champion and knock him off the throne. Like <laughs> it Kefka final fantasy six would have been a much weaker, less standout product if there was no Kefka. So hats off to square of old hats off to everyone involved with final fantasy over the numerous iterations that it has enjoyed throughout its franchise history. But most importantly, thank you for Final Fantasy VI, one of the greatest games of all time, and Kefka, one of the greatest villains of all time. AMC, who is your villain? Yeah, it's gotta be Kefka. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Rigged. Yeah, I, I, you look at it, it's uh, the idea that every, every hero is made by their villain, and this game, all those characters that you played with that you loved, you only loved them more after... Kefka crosses their path. He poisons the well, ruins the entire village. You start to feel bad for the homie. Kills all the espers. Yeah, he kills all the espers. Starts taking powers. Everything, just taking it all for himself. Kills the emperor. Destroys the world. <laughs> separates everybody. Erects a tower. Forces you to have to find all your homies. Get the band back together to lead that final charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he does everything. He's represented so well uh that trickster guide who's also the person that at the very beginning you see him and you're like oh like he's kind of like the jokey the jokey like side homie but then you realize like oh, oh homie has plans mm-hmm. and then as he slowly like gets ready to pull out that dagger and stand up stab him in the back you're just like oh i should have saw this coming mm-hmm. and then just everything goes to shit and yeah so rapidly <laughs> yeah rapidly and yeah he's the entire game i'm playing it because there's i'm looking forward to beating him but also it's like i i respect his thug <laughs> that's like how you look at it like there's some villains where it's like oh i just want to kill them like i'm playing wolfenstein it's like hitler must die is all yeah. i'm thinking the entire game whereas like hitler has no depth in wolfenstein <laughs> yeah whereas like kefka he'll do something and you you do look at it as like damn that shit was pretty savage and i, and I kind of respect that yeah. <laughs> like, that like I, I hate you i want to beat you yeah but I respect you yeah, like, <laughs> and your gangster. It's like when the homie Smiley is talking about uh, was it Lonzo and uh, Training Day, and he's like, he's a he's ruthless, and I like him. 
<laughs> and yeah, like uh, I mean, Kefka, the entire game is driven pretty much by him. Your everything that he's trying to pull off and how he's just trying to amass this power. And so yeah, um, he's the ultimate villain. That laugh, the way he moved larger than life in a in a pixelated format um, bombastic yeah bombastic all the words all the adjectives so yeah uh, easily gratuitous <laughs> easily yeah kefka is my favorite villain trying to think of uh, some other shout outs yeah i'm trying there. to think of some honorable mentions <laughs> <laughs> some video game villains i mean i'm not even gonna mention the one that i don't like <laughs> <laughs> that you don't like the one he came in the game after um Oh wait, who Sephiroth? Yeah. Oh, you didn't like Sephiroth? Fuck that guy. I like Sephiroth. <laughs> Sephiroth is, is the complete opposite of Kefka. Just one dimensional, lacked any kind of depth, any kind of development. Like had a great backstory. They really could have built him out to be something more than what they settled for, which is just some emo alien clone that wanted to destroy the world. He might he might get his due in this remake. Yeah, we'll might, might, that revisionist history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, see the pull the layers back. Oh, yeah, trying to think of some villains. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like games. I mean, Persona Five. The problem is the villain is pretty ambiguous because it just keeps going up to the top, and by the end, you're just fighting against, I guess, a being, a, an entity that like just basically is uh, ruining civilization and so once you take him out things go back to normal so there's not really a villain it's more of like a frame of mind which is uh just corrupting power having power and then taking that to your fullest advantage um and not caring about the people that you're i guess walking all over in the process so i mean but that game i the entire way through as i went from villain to villain that idea that idea that i'm trying to uh, eliminate um yeah that uh I feel like that game really uh, got me going with wanting to get things straight because everything was just so fucked up in that world that um, you being the one to renegade out there, setting shit straight, just uh, uh, really like pushed me through that entire game. Well, I'm about to drop some spoilers, so if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, you may want to turn away. But I definitely have to mention Lord Ishin from Sekiro. I thought that was a very well done villain that was written so tightly into the overarching story of the game that like once you get to the end and you defeat him in his final form like you think back on everything that happened throughout the game it's like damn this dude made all of this happen and was just right in plain sight was just right there even like giving you techniques giving you your name sometimes he's sick in a bed sometimes he's got his gear on out there getting it done <laughs> and then eventually you know you clash swords i mean this is this is the sword saint this is the one who has learned he's traveled all over the world he has learned every technique he's he taught the the whole group of mercenaries that you were a part of he gave you your name Sekiro my wolf <laughs> and then you know eventually you figure out the plot and you gotta face him he, he was awesome unbelievable move set just that was the one of the most epic boss fights that I've ever had 
in my life. It was Sekiro, man. If you haven't gotten it, go out and get it. Don't worry about the difficulty. Don't be one of these easy mode hacks. Just get out there. Get good at it and enjoy it. Um, another one I'd throw in there, um, <clears throat> specifically contained to this game, this being Street Fighter 2 and Bison. Yes. Just because everybody had a reason to get in that ass. And, that, and especially once you find out that he took out Charlie. Because that was like one of the Ooh. first times like where you beat the game. And I beat it on like... Uh, one of the early like the easier difficulties so i didn't get that ending what? and then like somebody's like oh you need to see guile's ending because he like holds up in bison he's ready to take him out and then you learn about what he did to charlie and everything and then like <laughs> and then like so i it was the reason why i bumped up the difficulty in street fighter 2 was to see that ending and to earn that ending yeah to earn that ending and yeah i mean and bison was a great villain because then not only was he dope like dope in a way like you want to take him down but then you want to play as him once you get that option you do that head stomp and then fall down with that punch you do that psycho crusher that that glowing punch that glowing punch <laughs> that, the that glowing, upside down glowing punch that upside down glowing hard hands punch <laughs> imagine if he did hard hands <laughs> Am I, am I gonna draw that <laughs> hard hand hard hand and bison yes yeah. psycho crusher hard hand and bison yeah <laughs> Yeah, he had oh. that flair. Um, a- another favorite of mine. Um, oh, damn. You got mad faves. Bowser. I mean, Bowser is just the shit in general. King One of Koopa. the OGs. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's no Donkey Kong. Yeah. He's more of a comical villain in the in that way. But yeah, I love Bowser. And then once I got the option to play as him in Mario Kart, I, I jumped on it right away. And then getting him as a playable character in Super Mario RPG, um, that was like one of the highlights of my life. I was like, I can play as Bowser and throw chomps at people. Mm. <laughs> take them out um so yeah bowser is easily like one of my favorite like villains turn good guy for a moment that you get to play as yes <laughs> yeah, i can't think of more i mean saren from mass effect was pretty cool oh yeah yeah um yeah he was pretty he was the the first villain right yeah 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 I, you know he had it together he was executing the plot <laughs> it went down yeah I mean, the Reapers were pretty fucking badass, I gotta yeah. say. Like, you're just like, what? <laughs> like, this is about to go down. Sovereign. They're all coming. Assuming direct control. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there, there's some really good ones. I'm sure there are ones that, like, we overlooked. but like, Oh, absolutely. I think the, the big one is obviously Kefka. If you haven't played Final Fantasy VI, just go back and do yourself a favor. You got to do it. Oh, man. Um I would I would say make it. the the villain in Chrono Trigger, the real villain in Chrono Lavos. Trigger. Yeah, Lavos, a- alien Lavos, <laughs> inside of the of the giant porcupine. Yeah, I mean that that's like one of the like the doom like doom is coming to the world and we need to prepare for that and shit and then like once you kind of learn what's really going on with like magus and everything i I loved how that whole situation played out and in in some ways that you wouldn't expect if you didn't play chrono trigger and lavos didn't just destroy the world it destroyed every notable (laughs) period of time (laughs) and endured (laughs) yeah had babies <laughs> had the little baby lavos oh man yeah and then uh actually you know a uh, quick one also that being divinity um leandra but then uh the void itself um 
that whole situation how that played out the void dragon you're you're yeah you're trying to save the the space-time continuum but um just chasing after her and seeing her effect and then learning about source and how it's been corrupting and it's corrupting nature and all that stuff and then once you come to that final conflict she's ruined so much of the world and almost brought like just total destruction to everything in her blind i guess passion um yeah she was a great villain as the villain that is kind of like a, a conduit for a greater villain she was uh she was awesome as, as a character and that's absolutely. uh i think that's the last one i got for absolutely um, couple quick hits on the way out okay what you got uh ea and the mass effect team put out a cryptic tweet mm. hashtag mass relays mm. there's speculation going around the rumor mill is spinning look at all these rumors they're talking about maybe there's a a remake a mass effect in the works mm. maybe there's a trilogy remaster in the works i don't know but that also coalesces with a rumor about uh blue point games their next game, which is going to be on PlayStation 5, people are starting to speculate that it's a Dark Souls remake. So I don't know. It's starting to mix in with the Mass Effect remake rumors. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Keep your ears tuned. Well, that's like two rumors coming out of EA this week because there was also a Knights of the Old Republic rumor. There was also that. And then that's also blending in with the Blue Point rumors. So, <laughs> so what all these rumors seem to be suggesting in unison is that Blue Point is remaking an EA game or Dark Souls. Yeah. I mean, they've they've done well in the past. That'd be pretty awesome. I definitely would want a Knights of the Old Republic sequel. However, I would not be opposed to a remake of either of those games. You know, and then of course the Doom and Gloom also came around with the Knights of the Old Republic. Like, oh, they're they're gonna update it. They're gonna make changes. Yeah, microtransactions. <laughs> they're gonna put Ray in it. <laughs> <laughs> like a Benetton ad. They're gonna turn Darth Revan into Ray. Darth Raven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean um if especially if they can get it back to turn base i'm i'm in my turn base renaissance right now uh -huh. if they can get that going with nice little republic i would be so happy i would like to see a tactical turn based star wars game it doesn't need jedi doesn't need force powers it could just be stormtrooper driven like can we can we get a like battlefront tactics can we get something like that yeah, it would be dope, though, if you, especially if they did have, like, a Jedi, like, out there and, like, a Sith guy, but then you also have, like, Stormtroopers and just re regular Rebel fighters out there. <sighs> Damn, so the Jedi could, like, jump to high things, do, throw the lightsaber, do it. so then you could send the Jedi to handle the tougher situations or the, like, the bulk of the enemies while you have the, like, ragtag crew running around like planting bombs you got droids doing out the there. heist yeah you get you got droids out there you're finding things you're freeing people like animals get involved yeah. <laughs> man it's come on ea and then just in the world part you can have you walking around and you need a, a c3po to communicate with people that's a universal you up translator your, up your language <laughs> learn new words all like and then you even have it where all oh, the memory got wiped we gotta find new data and yeah. find new 
different things to upload new modules so that we can communicate more and yeah. get access to more terminals and get better <laughs> items you get quests like the help me obi-wan kenobi you get quests you put them in the droid you get the hologram telling you where you need to go for the side quest you can have different planets with uh, their, each individual quest lines <laughs> different areas to explore go underground go have a cloud city yeah. damn yeah. but then uh what if they what if they could even like zoom out and have like spaceship based tactical turn base spaceship based tactical turn yeah so like you you have the jedi and you have your ragtag bunch and you're doing all that stuff like on the ground in more intimate situations but then when it comes time to like get on the ship then you have tactical turn base that way and you got like tie fighters and star destroyers yes and And, like fleets come in in formation (laughs) 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 and then you got like one man by like vader it can do a little bit more and then you can upgrade your ship to have better agility and evasive maneuvers so that fewer lasers hit you. You take less damage. Well, I was going to say, too, is if, like, Shields. for some reason, if it was open world, then you can you can build up a, a bounty, and then you got you got Mandalorians coming at you okay. after you. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order did that kind of well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, so wait, what happened in that game with the bounty system? Uh, you reach a point in the game where you get captured and you fight in an arena, and then when, once you come out of that, then bounty hunters start showing up randomly wherever you go. And can you build like a bounty level? Not a bounty level, but like just different bounty hunters show up. Uh, okay. Like sometimes it's a guy with a jetpack. Sometimes it's a guy that just has like a rifle and some good maneuvers. Sometimes it's a dude in a mech. Sometimes it's two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that kind of thing. And they show up in rooms that like sometimes they replace enemies in a room. Other times they show up in rooms where normally there aren't enemies. It's just like you, you get into this comfort level where you're running through the game knowing what to expect and then suddenly instead of what you expect it's a bounty hunter <laughs> oh, okay awesome nice. yes that'd be amazing awesome we can get it lost tonight yeah you ain't got baby yodas yeah so yeah, um, one day knights of the republic please do a do a remake of that Remaster whatever you if necessary but whatever you do do a good job and don't make it always online <laughs> don't hate me because i'm beautiful <laughs> This is Control Issues. I am OMC. And this is Control. We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Suckers. Suckers.